We welcome you to the Truth Simply Put, our broadcast and teaching series at the Basilea Commission. You're about to receive God's unadulterated word, brought to you by Pastor Alexander Victor. Challenging, uplifting, and provoking you to new dimensions in your kingdom walk. And now, today's message. So, understanding this gospel, we've been dealing with the message of the gospel, right? right? We talked about the fact that there are three elements of the gospel. One, reconciliation to God and his kingdom, right? And then domination of earth for his kingdom. And then three, colonization of earth as his kingdom. Those are the three elements of the gospel. We also I talked last Tuesday that the ingredient for this gospel is love. God's love. Everything God does, he does out of love, for God so loved the world. If you have just joined us, um, we'll just ask you to, to, to just follow us. <laughs> it's, we've gone too far to do a full recap, but we ex- explored what the gospel is in great detail. We said the gospel is what? Yeah, I gave you a definition of the gospel. I gave you a definition of what the gospel is. I also told you what its aim was. Who remembers? Yes, who has it? Its aim was to what? And the instrumentality of man. So we define that's what the gospel is. And then we looked into the three elements of the gospel, the ingredients of the gospel, and then we started to consider the message of the gospel, right? And in the message of the gospel, we began to look at um, the scope of the gospel message, right? The scope of the message of the gospel. And we talked about, we said we're going to look at the, the, purpose, the purpose or the plan of God for, for man, the fall of man, the penalty of the four, mm-hmm. redemptive plan of God in Christ, and what? Purpose of the redemptive plan. That's the scope of the message. And then we started to explore the fall of man. Right? And that was very exciting. Last Tuesday, we took time to explain that God made man in his own image after his likeness. And we, we established that by that, we understand that the blueprint in the mind of God for creating man was Christ. Because Christ is the image of God. Not just the image of God, the express image of God. Colossians makes that very clear. He is the image of the invisible God. So everything about God is as appreciated and seen in Christ. Everything. I mean, you can't take Christ out and have a, a gospel and have a Christianity. Most times we only refer to Jesus in, when we say in Jesus' name. Or as an exclamation, Jesus! And so he's the access we have. He's the grace, he's the mercy, he's the truth. He's the way, and he's the destination. You come in, he's the door. You come in through the door, he's the way. You travel the way, he's the end. He's the source. 
is the sustenance. He's the journey. He's the source. He's the destination. He's the process. He's the promise. He's the reality. He's the future. He's the hope. Christ. In us. So when God made man, God made man Christ. Christ is the express image of God. Scripture is clear about that. We are made in the image of God. Scripture is clear about that. And now we see from interpreting scripture that Christ is the image of God. So when God created man, God created man, Christ. From Christ, in Christ, through Christ, to be Christ. Right? We explored that last week. And so man fell from that place, which is what we're coming into now. The fall of man, second scope of the message. Genesis 3, 1 to 24. I will read it. It's a, it's a pretty long read. But it would be good that we just read it. Genesis chapter 3. New King James. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Verse 4. Then the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Ignorance of who we are in Christ. Because they were like God. They were created in his image after his likeness. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave her husband with her, and he ate. And those of you who have been following in this house, I've taught you, there were one, one species. The moment one was compromised, the entire humanity was compromised. If I am being judged, born as a child for Adam's sin, what's chance did he have when Eve ate the fruit to refuse? Why am I being punished then for his sin? Why is every man born into sin? Think about it. Because the species was compromised. I told you this last week. So everything that comes from it is compromised. The prototype was messed up. God created man. Male and female created he them. So the moment that prototype was messed up, it doesn't matter whether the, the compromise was in the prototype female or prototype male. The moment Eve ate, Adam had eaten. Because the prototype had been messed up. Does that make sense? It doesn't matter who ate first. If Adam had eaten it, Eve would have eaten it. And even if she had not eaten it, she had eaten it. The moment Eve ate, it was messed up. Anywho, and he ate, and the eyes of how many of them? Both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God. I didn't say anything. And heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. 
And so even when they fell, they still knew the sound of God. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And so you sinned and then you feel like you're so dirty, God cannot hear you. So you take a break first until you feel like you have cleaned up yourself. Who is going to clean you up to make you acceptable to God? So you fell short of his glory. You now stayed away from the glory to clean up yourself. From, by whose righteousness? So I've said over and over that in the new creation, your mess up shouldn't drive you away from God. It should drive you to God. Because they could still hear his, his voice. Did God not know they had fallen? He still came down to come and fellowship with them. Think about it. He was not asking them, where are you? Because he did not know. He's the omniscient God. He was giving them a hand of fellowship, even in their fall. He came to fellowship with a fallen man. Because a fallen man was still in the image of God. The image of God did not alter because man fell. Ten. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Again, God was giving man opportunities to own up. Then the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, and the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, poor serpent, God asked serpent, why did you do what you did? Serpent had no place to pass it on to. <laughs> and straight away this tells us that the only person on the receiving end of God's wrath is the devil. Once the buck got to Satan, he stopped with Satan. He was, by design, he's the only recipient of God's wrath. God's wrath has never been designed for man. Hell wasn't designed for man, remember? So, poor Satan, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle, more than every beast of the field. On your belly shall you go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. And he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it, cursed is the ground for your sake. The ground for your sake. God did not curse man. In toil you shall eat of it. All the days of your life, both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth 
before you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Then Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tonics of skin and clothed them. So right away, God reaches out to them and caters for them in their fall. He's such a good, good father. Such a good father. In their fall, God himself sowed for them. Yeah? Tonics of skin and clothe them. I'm trying, I just want to read this and go on to what I'm. But if you stay on that verse, tonics of skin. For him to have sowed tonics of skin means some animals died and blood was shed. So right there, God instituted atonement. Right there, God instituted atonement. For where there is no shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. So right there, to clothe them, God looked at them and he saw skin. He saw blood. He saw that blood had been shed. That's why he didn't even kill them physically in the, in the first instance. He allowed his love override his wrath. He clothed them with skin. So quickly, we see that the first animal sacrifice wasn't Abel. It was El Yahweh himself. As atonement for sin. And that is so humbling. So beautiful. To see that as mad as he was, he still loved us. <sighs> wow. You have to teach this, isn't it? <laughs> I have to teach this. Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put out his hand and also take of the tree of life and eat and live forever in his fallen state. It wasn't God punishing man. It was God protecting man from his falling nature. So God did not intend for man to stay that way forever. Is anybody seeing this? So it wasn't God saying, I don't want them to live forever. It's God saying, I don't want sin to be perpetuated forever. So I will keep them away from what can make them eat and become eternal as a falling person. Now lest he put out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever in his fallen state. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man 
and he placed cherubim at the east of the Garden of Eden, and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. There were three words that are missing there for a season. To guard the way of the tree of life for a season. If you go and read Revelation, you see where God is telling the church, Jesus, that he that has overcome, I give them right to eat of the tree of life. That's the narrative of the fall of man. God is amazing. It's amazing. That's why we said his love is reckless. It doesn't make sense. Reckless. That's why we call his grace extravagant. Man fell. Man did what they were told to not do. And God covers them. Atones for them. God clothes them with what he can afford to see them. Because if he hadn't covered them with skin, if he hadn't shed blood, he would not have been able to see them, even to redeem them. Because he's of fairer eyes and to behold iniquity. So first thing God does was to make sure that somehow he preserved access to man. He didn't preserve man's access to him. He drove man out of the garden but he, he preserved his link to man so that in the fullness of time, he can reach man and redeem man. He clothed man with tonics. He covered man. Kept man away from his presence because man had compromised his nature, but protected his access to his investment. What a loving God. The loving God. Six things happened when man fell. He tampered with six things. From this narrative, the first thing he tampered with was his seed. Verse 16. He tampered with his seed. I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception in pain you shall bring forth children. And so we see that originally, woman was not supposed to travail in labor to give birth. Children weren't supposed to come by pain. And that's why, you see, later on when God begins to deal with Israel as his people that he chose by grace, not of works, you see that they gave birth so quickly that the midwives did not have time to get to them. You study Hebrews. They eventually went and told Pharaoh that the Hebrew women are giving birth so fast that our midwives can't keep up with them. That's where the phrase came from in church, you shall give birth like the Hebrew women. But we don't give birth like the Hebrew women. We give birth better, swifter than Hebrew women. And if you're here as a, as a woman, you better claim it. 
You can give birth without labor. You can give birth without waiting the dilations. Uh, you know, six inches. You know, wait is nine inches. You're waiting. The contractions are two three minutes. You can get into labor and dilate, and water breaks, and you give birth while they are figuring out which table to put you on. You can give birth so quickly that you probably have to catch your own baby yourself. That was the original design. I don't know who that was for. So first thing he tampered with when man fell was his seed. I've explained to you that the prototype became corrupted, right? So everything that he gave birth to was compromised. That's how come Cain was born Cain. Cain did not have a mentor to teach him murder. He didn't have a mentor to teach him envy. He didn't go to school to learn jealousy. Because Adam fell, the seed was compromised. Sin began to be born by default. So Adam came holy and righteous by default. Cain came, came sinful by default. Do you understand? So rather than... I'm going ahead of myself. He tampered with his seed. Second thing he tampered with with the fall was his supply. 17. Then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. So again, by grand design, by God's purpose for man, man was never supposed to suffer. Man was never supposed to toil. Are we together? In compromising that, he tampered with God's plan and purpose of man as regards to supply. Effortless supply. Don't forget, man was put in the garden to till it. But the garden was already a place of flourishing. The garden of Eden was different from the world outside the garden. So when God said man should go and till the ground and suffer, the only way that could be possible was for God to take him out of the garden. Because the garden was not cursed. The garden is God's presence. I've explained that to you. The cosmos of God, the peace of heaven on the earth. So God cursed the ground, the world, the systems. Are you following me? Now you have to work the system for it to respond to you. It will respond to you, but you will toil for it. So man tampered with his supply. Third thing man tampered with was his immunity. Verse 18 and 19. His immunity. Remember, I've, I've told you when the series started, we are not from here. He reconciled us to him, put us here to have dominion, and eventually colonize the earth. 
And when you're an ambassador, 2 Corinthians 5 calls us ambassadors. You have diplomatic immunity. You live in a place, the place can't harm you. Yeah? If an American commits an offense right now and is driving to Abuja, he drives to Abuja, he drives to Metama, and he's running to the American embassy and he screams, I'm an American citizen. And he flashes his blue passport. He swings the doors open. The moment he runs into that gate, he's in America. Buhari can't touch him. So as a diplomat, you have diplomatic immunity. What affects the earth shouldn't affect us. That's how God designed it until Adam lost it. So he lost, the third element of what he lost was his immunity. Verse 18 and 19. Genesis 3. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. You shall eat the herb of the field. 19. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. So a man who was not supposed to die suddenly lost his immunity to death and became subject to death. He lost or he tampered with his immunity. The fourth thing he tampered with was his immortality. Okay? For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. He tampered with his immortality. He also tampered with his citizenship. Number five is citizenship. Because the Lord sent him out of the garden, remember? 23. And the garden was reminiscent of God's presence. So when God sent him out of the garden, he lost his place of operation. Right? He lost his citizenship. He lost his access to God. And finally, number six, he lost or he tampered with his connection and fellowship. Verse 24. So he drove out the man, and he placed cherubim at the east of the Garden of Eden, and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. So he lost his connection and fellowship. So one, he tampered with his seed. Two, he tampered with his supply. Three, he tampered with his immunity. Four, he tampered with his immortality. Five, he tampered with his citizenship. And six, he tampered with his connection and fellowship. It gets deeper. This mess takes away one key ingredient of man and introduces an alien ingredient of man. The fall of man takes away what made man, the God-man, man. Right? It takes away that thing and introduces a new phenomenon. The thing that the mess of man's fall took away is summed up in one word, 
righteousness. The fall of man took away one key ingredient, one key phenomenon, if you want to use that word. Took away one key phenomenon, one key divine phenomenon. And that phenomenon is what? Righteousness. Basically, right standing before God. Again, as has nothing to do. So the mess removed one phenomenon, and that, that's called what? Righteousness. And then that fall created another phenomenon in its place that didn't exist before and introduced that phenomenon. And that phenomenon is called sin. Are you understanding it? The fall of man removed the divine phenomenon called righteousness. Stay with me. Everything is under control. And introduced another phenomenon called sin. Make sense? So it wasn't just man committing sin. It was what man did introducing sin. You got it? James 1.15. Batches are dying as well. Keep an eye on Get another pair ready. James 1.15. We there? Let's actually go from 13, just for context. Let no one say when he's tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. 14. But each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. 15. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. So, desire brings forth sin, conceived, and sin fully grown brings forth death. So this new phenomenon called sin is introduced. Sin simply defined is transgressing or going outside defined boundaries. That's sin. Going outside defined boundaries. The, the Hebrew word for sin is chata. C-H-A-T-A. And that's what it means. Going outside defined boundaries. Transgression. Sin is also defined as missing the mark. Hamartia in the Greek. Chata in the Hebrew. Hamartia. H-A-M-A-R-T-I-A in the Greek. H-A-M-A-R-T-I-A. Chata in Hebrew. Transgression. Going outside divine boundaries. Or Hamartia in Greek which means Missing the mark or shooting off target. You shoot at the target and you miss. That's the word for sin. Are we together? 
Sin is more than just an act of disobedience. Remember, I've always drawn a, a line of difference between sin and sins. Yeah? So sin is not just an act of disobedience. Sin is the consciousness and character that results from that act. Sin is not just an act of disobedience. Sin is the consciousness and the character that results from that act. Sin is not just an act of disobedience. Sin is the character, consciousness that results from that act. What that therefore means is that when sin came about, it came about by an act, but that act brought a consciousness of sin. Right? Right? Yeah. Adam says, I heard your voice and I hid. Because I knew that I was naked. So sin is not just the act, but sin is the consciousness and character of that sin. It is the consciousness of sin that causes sins. Do you understand? The consciousness of sin causes one to sin as an act. So if I'm not conscious of sin, I cannot sin. Make sense? That's why, and this is by the way, the law was given to ensure that I'm conscious of sin. And thus realizing that only he that became my sin can deal with my sin. For we know that he, though he knew no sin, became sin to deal with the sin problem. So the sin problem is not just acts of disobedience. It is the consciousness or the character that that act formed in us. Stay with me, please. You need to understand this. Adam sinned. Adam, male and female. Yeah? They sinned as an act. Please, walk with me. Are we together? Yes. This is a teaching class, right? Yes. It's, not, it's not preaching. <laughs> they sinned as an act. Adam gave birth to Cain, gave birth to Abel, gave birth to Seth, had more sons and daughters. Every person that is born after Adam and Eve are born sinners. The sinners that we are referred to could not be a function of Adam's act of disobedience because we haven't been privileged to commit our own act of disobedience yet. We, just, just you being born a human being, a sinner, you're going to hell. Why did he bother to burn you? Why? Think about it. The moment you were born, you are dead. Do you understand? Because Adam and Eve died. I will be patient until they catch it. So, Cain being born, Abel being born, Enoch being born, Lamech being born, Tubal and Jubal and the descendants coming down are sinners by imputation. Not sinners by action. 
That's the difference between original sin and imputed sin. In the great exchange, we dealt with this. Right? Original sin, Adam and Eve eating the fruit. That was enough. It messed up the prototype. Every other person born from them came with sin imputed. Why? Because they inherited not the act, but the consciousness of the act. The character of the act. Does that make sense? Adam and Eve disobeying introduced the phenomenon called sin, along with its consciousness and its character. Every, every seed that comes from them comes preloaded with the character of sin. Make sense? Therefore, every wrong that we do is consistent with our sinful nature. Cain just killed. It was a one-off that Abel managed to be a good boy. It was not in his nature. It was Cain that was living out his nature. That's why anybody that stood out in the era of the sin nature got commended. Because it was the rarity rather than the norm. The norm was that everybody had fallen by virtue of the consciousness and the character of sin. Make sense? So nobody taught anybody how to lie. We, we talked about that last week. Yes. How to steal. We just, we just by default. Everybody is born a sinner by character and therefore acts of sin proceed out of us. Make sense? Sin is also, this is very crucial. Sin is also the state of man in the absence of faith. The state of man if you take away faith, what you have left is sin. Romans 14, 15. The state of man in the absence of faith is also sin. So it's, it's transgression, right? Going outside clearly defined boundaries, chatai in the Hebrew. It's also shooting offside or missing the mark. Hamatia in the Greek and it's also the state of man in the absence of faith. Romans 14, 15. Um, let's skip to 23. Let's skip to 23. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats, talking about food given to idols, and um, earlier on about the different days of worship. 23, but he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith. Last sentence, for whatever is not from faith. So anything we do outside faith is sin. That's very serious. If you went to church outside faith, it was sin. If you fasted outside faith, it's a sin. If you say it is well outside faith, it is sin. If you say bless you 
Outside faith. It is sin. Because in your heart you wanted to slap the person. You should have told the person how you felt. That's faith. Whatever you do outside faith is sin. Hebrews 10.28. It's getting interesting, isn't it? So sin again is the state of man in the absence of faith. Without faith, you can't please God. This new phenomenon, sin, introduced a new disadvantage in the earth, as we saw in James chapter 1. Sin, fully conceived, gives birth. Desire, fully conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, full grown, gives birth to death. That was the new vice that sin introduced in the earth. The fall introduced sin, a phenomenon, took away righteousness, and the result of sin is death. Hence, the wages of sin is death. So in God's original plan, there was no sin, there was no death. There was righteousness, there was eternal life. As a state of being. Do you understand? Man falls, it takes away righteousness, takes away eternal life, introduces sin, and sin brings about death. Ezekiel 18, we say it all the time, we quote it now, the soul that sinneth shall die. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. Thank God it doesn't end there. Yes. The free gift, oh. not the kind of Nigerian gift. <laughs> These two vices, sin and death, corrupted man in his entirety. So, since Adam and Eve had been messed up. All his mess, including the result, sin, and the consequence, death, passed on to every human being. What sad news. Men were born dead. And so, at the point I was conceived, I was a sinner. That's why they said, Scripture says, there is none righteous. No, not one. On account of the fallen state of man, men were born dead. Romans 5, 12. Romans 5, 12. Are we there? 12 to 21. Therefore, before you think it's Pav that's teaching us, right? Pav is saying that everybody sinned. Are you there in your Bible? Romans 5.12 Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world. Can you see it? And death through sin. So in the absence of sin, there would have been no death. And sin came in through one man. And thus, death spread to all men because all sinned. When the one man sinned, all men sinned. Do you understand? So even if a man has not ever done anything wrong on the earth, he's a sinner. Just because he was born. 
Do you get it? You give all you have to the poor. You know, you're very pious. You have never drank. You have never smoked. You have been with, you were a virgin until you married. Then you stayed with the one wife for 89 years. You know, you have never eaten too much. You have never been, you have never partaken in gluttony. You have never fought anybody. You have never kept anybody in your heart. You have never worked in bitterness. You have never worked in resentment. You have never owed anybody. You have never been late to any appointment. You have never raised your voice at anyone. You have never come back home late. You have never had... You have never done anything wrong. Ever, 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 ever. You are still a sinner. Just because you are a human being. Because your ancestor sinned. And so people that ask the question, what has it got to do with me? Don't understand the link between Adam and humanity. Why should I be punished for Adam's sin? How many of you have encountered that before when you're preaching the gospel? Yeah, this is the answer. So through one man, sin entered the world and death through sin and this death spread to all men because all sinned. 13, it, it takes a little diversion. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. Him in capital H, if you have a proper Bible. 15, but the free gift, emphasis, is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ abounded to many and the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned for the judgment which came from one offense listen to this carefully the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation but the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned for the judgment which came from one offense whose offense was that adam Resulted in what? Condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, capital O, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. One man, Adam, sinned. All men were condemned. One man, Christ, was righteous. Pav is righteous. Deal with it. My righteousness is not a result of what I did. Because my sin is not a result of what I did. Yes. This Adam sinned. I was born a sinner. This Adam was righteous. I am born righteous. Yeah. Is it in your Bible? Yeah. By one man's offense, condemnation and death, by one man's gift, righteous act, the free gift came to all men, result, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by many men's obedience... Believers' obedience? 
One capital M man. Many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense may abound, but where sin abound, the grace aboundeth much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't that beautiful? So man fell, man lost his seed, tampered with his seed, tampered with his supply, tampered with his immortality, his immunity, his citizenship and his connection and fellowship with God. That took away righteousness and brought in sin. And sin brought a consequence, death. And that sin is one sin with eternal, as it were, consequence. Everybody born under that cascade came in sin. You didn't need to, be, to, be, to sin to be a sinner. You just started sinning because you're a sinner. It's not your sin that makes you a sinner. Stay with me. It is not your sin that makes you a sinner. Your sinning is just a consequence, a result of your sin nature. You didn't commit a sin to become a sinner. Only one person committed a sin to become a sinner. Everybody he gave birth to was born a sinner. And because they were sinners, therefore they sin. Are we together, please? I'm rounding up. I repeat. One person's act brought in sin. So that everybody born of that person is born a sinner. And because everybody's born a sinner, they just naturally sin. So it's not the sinner's sin that makes him a sinner. It's the fact that he is a sinner that makes him sin. I sin because I am a sinner. It's not that because I am sinning, I am a sinner. My sin is making me a sinner. No. My being a sinner is making me sin. Do we understand? Do you understand? So everybody is born a sinner. Whether they sin or not. Sinning is just a natural outflow of being a sinner. This other man came and he was righteous. Fulfilled everything the first man did not fulfill. Started a new lineage. Terminated the old lineage. Killed me in that lineage because I was dead anyway. Because the consequence of sin is death. So I was dead. And then he gives birth to me afresh. He is righteous so every of his seed is righteous. Jesus cannot give birth to corruptible seed. So he brings me into glory. I am born righteous. If I did not need to sin to be a sinner, I don't need to do a righteous act to be righteous. That's why I said, follow me gently. Do you understand? The principle cannot suddenly change to favor religious folks. If I did not do anything to be a sinner, which is what a lot of us struggle with. 
I mean, Adam sinned. He ate the fruit. Was I there? Do I even know what the fruit tastes like? <laughs> was the fruit even worth falling for? No, all of you that went to Sunday school, you have been told it's an apple. But <laughs> scripture doesn't say. Scripture doesn't say. But if I am a consequence of Adam's sin, and that Adam was replaced, and I am now a consequence of this Adam's righteousness, why can't you accept it? Or you can accept that I'm a consequence of this Adam's sin, but you struggle to accept that I am now a consequence of this Adam's righteousness? I wasn't there when this Adam sinned. He sinned, and his sin was imputed to me. Well, I wasn't there when this Adam died, but he died and his righteousness was imputed to me. So you must understand the two different systems that the two Adams represent. Systems. Two systems. Offense came by one. Righteousness came by one. Death came by one. Life came by one. Damnation came by one. Justification came by one. Sin came by one. Righteousness came by one. So look at me. I, I understand if you struggle with my righteous status because I'm not sure which Adam you are seeing as my ancestor. And I cannot control what you see. If all you see me is all have sinned, no, I understand. Your, your eyesight is myopic. All you can see is Genesis 3. You can't see Romans 5. Because that Adam is no longer my ancestor. I didn't do anything. I, was, I didn't eat the fruit. I didn't eat. I am born as I am born. I have not even known what a lie is. I am called a liar. Devil is my father. Because he's the father of all liars. I'm called in darkness and he's the prince of darkness. I didn't do anything wrong. And no matter how hard I try to be righteous, to do nothing wrong, I am still a sinner no matter how good I am. Same principle. Understanding this gospel. Another Adam comes. He lives right where that Adam lived wrong. He did everything perfect. He fulfilled the law. He became righteousness. He learned obedience by the things he suffered. He now gives birth to me. I am now born again. First born into this Adam. Now I am born again into this Adam. And therefore, I am born righteous. There is nothing I do that tampers with his righteousness. Just as there was nothing I could do that could fix this sin. There was no amount of good living I would have done that would have erased Adam's sin. There's no amount of stuff I do here that tampers with his righteousness. I just had to be born into it. 
not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed. This is the gospel. Even if we are going to talk rationale, you can't explain it rationally any other way. How? So all of a sudden, God shifted the goalposts when it was time to save me. By one man's sin, act of disobedience, sin came in and death through sin. By one man's righteous act, one man's righteous act, not everybody's righteous act. So whose righteousness is in consideration? Whose sin made the whole world sinners? Do you understand? One man's sin made everybody a sinner. One man's righteousness made everyone who believes righteous. Not my righteous act. He doesn't need it. Now, the trade-off which the people that attack the message of grace don't understand is that if I am a default sinner and I sin because I am a sinner, once I am righteous and I know that I am righteous, I will act righteous by default. In the same way that I acted in sin by default. So you don't need to preach sin to me because sin is not my reality. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sin is not my reality. Now, I have mentioned it for the purpose of this teaching, but I'm sure if you have stayed with me, today is the day that I have called sin, 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 sin. So many times. And as I'm teaching you it, it is sounding very sour in my mouth. It's it's the truth. But because you need to understand the fall of man and understand what you have been saved from. Otherwise, our business is not to teach you sin. So on this side, righteousness is my default. Not sin. On this side, I am counted worthy on account of righteousness, not sin. On this side, I'm counted judged on account of sin, no matter how much self-righteousness I do. Do you understand? No matter how good I am on this side, I am a sinner. The righteous fall seven times. Yes, 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 sir. Yes, sir. If he's righteous, why is he falling? If he's falling, why is he righteous? The righteous man falls seven times, but rises again. You know, I thought righteous people are not supposed to fall. I thought people who fell are not supposed to be called righteous. And just in case you want to count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, it's the same principle Jesus applied when, when Peter said, how many times should we forgive? And he said 70 times seven. It wasn't, it wasn't 49, 490. It was infinity, X. So the righteous man can fall and stumble and fall and stumble and fall and stumble. But because he's born of incorruptible seed, he's righteous. As a perpetual state of being, one day he will wake up and walk and not fall. It might not be today. It might not be tomorrow. It might be today. It's to the level of your engagement. 
But one day it will hit you like the prodigal son. No, 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 no. I know who I am. I don't belong here. I can't be sinning. I can't be messing up. I am righteous. I can't be rolling like this. I can't be with these friends. No, I need to change friends. I need to change location. I, I, I can't be showing my boobs when I dress. You don't need a pastor to tell you. You don't need us to institute it. Our church constitution, you must not show a low neckline. No, 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 no. That is, that is the state of the fallen man. One day you wake up and realize, I'm a princess. I need to dress like a princess. I need to talk like a princess. I am not, I'm not dressing like this to get access. But I have access. So let me walk and dress like one who has access. That is the gospel. Don't let anybody twist you otherwise. Paul says, let such a person be accursed. Sin is not our reality. Even when we fall, it is alien to us. Do you understand? Your struggle is a stranger. Your righteousness is what God is dealing with. Just like on this point, righteousness was a stranger. And sin was what God was dealing with. This Adam came and he sorted out the sin problem. So just as on this part, I did not need to sin to be a sinner. On this part, I don't need to do anything to be righteous. I'm righteous. I'm righteous. That's the gospel. I was watching Joseph Prince yesterday. And he said, can the real gospel please stand up? Can the real gospel please, please stand up and let all the other names fade away? This is the gospel. Don't let religious bigots deceive you. They didn't start today. Every time Paul wrote, it was them he was addressing. Colossians, Hebrews, Galatians, Laodiceans. It was these guys who was addressing. Philippians, in fact, chapter 3. Beware of dogs. Beware of the circumcision of the people that tell you that you must do something to add to what Christ did. No, no, no. No. No, I'm not adding to what Christ did. I'm enjoying what Christ did. Enjoying what Christ did. So at every point in time, God will look at me and see me righteous. Do not confuse your sanctification on the earth with your eternal justification before God. I will teach that another day. Don't confuse the two. Don't confuse your earthly sanctification with your eternal justification. So I have right standing before God. I am not going to be judged. I am not going to hell. I am forming sanctification character in the earth. But before God, I am eternally justified. So God's process on me in the earth is to make me more profitable for kingdom in the earth. Not to make me presentable for heaven. I'm already there. Are you understanding what I'm teaching you? That's where the foul spirit of works dies. That's where religion loses its hold. Do you understand what I'm saying? It dies. Instantly, I realize, hey, no guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. This, 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 This is my destiny. 
Nothing can shift me from his love. Nothing can separate us. Romans 8 did not say what can separate us from our love for Christ. It says nothing can separate us for his love for us in Christ Jesus. It's his love in question. A lot of our worship songs have to translate from our love to him to reflect his love for us. We, we, We don't sing enough of his love for us. Our love for him doesn't make a difference. It's just a natural response to our right standing with him. Do you understand? He didn't need your love to die for you. Then now that he has died for you, he judges you by your love? No, 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 no. No, no, think about it. Think about it. You hadn't done anything. He died. In that while we were yet sinners, he died. So he died for you when you were a sinner and now he punishes you when you're a believer? How? How? You that were not a people, he made you a people. He translated you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love and then he blots your name out of the book of life? What happened to the cross? This is the gospel. You can see why it's good news. Ah, it's, 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 it's good news. It's, 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 it's good news. Now you cannot know this gospel and then we tell you we are going out on Saturday for evangelism. Five o'clock. Three o'clock you'll be there. When you understand this gospel you are a living, walking, breathing gospel machine. If you don't need evangelism time, you are just dispensing the gospel. Yeah. Dispensing grace. If they give you five minutes, you speak this gospel. Fifteen minutes, you speak this gospel. Invite you for one week conference, morning, afternoon, and evening session. You will not run out of the gospel yes. to preach. It's good news. It's good news. By the one man, when you go home, read it again, Romans 5. Read it. Chew it. Know it. Put it. Plaster it. Practice it. Reckon yourself righteous. Are you hearing me? Reckon yourself righteous. Reckon yourself righteous. When you come to God, say, Father, I thank you that I have right standing before you. I thank you for Jesus. It's not fresh mercy and fresh grace. No, he has dispensed it all. Do you understand? He has poured it out all. So when you think you fell from it, no, you didn't fall from it. Just appropriate it afresh. Let the accuser of the brethren know that my stand did not shift. Did not shift. Did not shift. And as, 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 as I'm letting him know I am righteousness, anything that is unrighteous is filtering away. It's filtering every day by day. We didn't start like this. No, we have come from a place. Do you understand? We have come from a place. Every day it's dropping. And one morning you wake up and realize you are so light. Unforgiveness you are struggling with is gone. Addictions you are struggling with are gone. No deliverance. No counseling, no therapy, just coming and sitting under the word and hearing who you are in Christ. Nothing can stay. Nothing can stay. Paul said, I didn't come to you with the enticing words of men's wisdom, but with the demonstration of the gospel and power. 
The gospel is power. Yes. We have never prayed against addiction. What's that? When he meets the man in Christ, it will bow. It will bow. We have seen God turn things around. Over and over. It's not what you do, it's what he did. Just like here, it wasn't what you did, it was what Adam did. Same thing, same parallel. God is not random. He put Adam here so you can see it clearly. Now take the principle and apply it here. You can't deny it here. You can't deny it. Thank God for the gospel, somebody, please. Celebrate God for this gospel. Celebrate him. Thank him. Thank him for Jesus. Thank him for Christ. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him for salvation. For justification. For right standing. Thank him. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening and we hope it has been a blessing to you. For inquiries and further information, please send us an email to info at the or visit our social media platforms.